This is the Gridiron Guys Podcast with Anthony Stalter and Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And welcome into the Gridiron Guys with Super Bowl champion Kerry Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter, and today we are going to do the NFC and AFC North. After last week going over the two South divisions, we had determined that for both conferences, Kerry, this the South division was definitely the one that was weakest in both in both conferences. Oh yeah, hey, hey, pretty terrible. We didn't get much pushback on that <laughs> on on our socials, but we appreciate everybody listening. This is I don't know what what installment this is of the Gridiron Guys, but I feel like people have enjoyed it thus far. And if you want to spread the word, we appreciate it. But uh, give us a listen, and again, hopefully that you, you'll gain some insight from a man that has been in the, that was in the league for a long time and won a Super Bowl in Kerry Davis and one in me that uh, has covered the league for various platforms over the last 15 years or so. So again, we appreciate you listening. So Kerry, without further ado, let's let's dive into the NFC North and we're going to do we're going to use the same template template as we used for the AFC and NFC South. We're going to give you the over under for each team in terms of wins and Carrie and I are going to discuss whether we think the that team is going to go over or under its win total. And if we have any sort of disagreement, like we had a couple of times last week, then we'll kind of <laughs> maybe debate or dive into it a little bit more. But Carrie, one of the teams that I sense that you're going to go over is the Chicago Bears. Their total is sitting at seven and a half. Okay. Seven and a half wins. That means if you're taking the over, they got to get to at least eight. If you're taking the under, then of course they got to they got to get uh, seven or fewer wins. Does that number too high when you think about it? Seven and a half. Um, you know what? I I I am a, a a person that has told you many times off air on air that I think the Chicago Bears are going to be a really good team this year. I think that uh, when you look at this this NFC North and what they have, Justin Fields gaining another year of experience and gaining a wide receiver, most importantly. I'm excited about what this Chicago Bears team can be, and I'm going to say over for the Chicago Bears. Did you and give it did you give any hesitance to that? I felt like you were being hesitant. Seven and a half felt a bit much. <laughs> I could sense it. I don't mean to cut you off, Kerry. I want you to finish your thoughts, but I, I could sense I, it. I did say that I thought they were going to be really good, so I almost feel backed into a corner and when you said seven and a half i was like oh, oh. shoot <laughs> that feels that feels really heavy to carry but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go over i think they did a really good job in the offseason of of going out there and uh trading for dj moore uh with the panthers i told you last week i believe that if dj moore had spent his entire career with the chicago bears instead of the carolina panthers mm-hmm. at this point in his nfl career he would be the leading receiver in chicago bear history what does that tell you about quarterback play and receiver play in the city of Chicago? Yeah, it's not. It hasn't been great. It had great at all. It, it hasn't. It no. hasn't been good. It Walter hasn't been Payton average. Is the third leading receiver in Chicago Bear history, and so you go out there. We 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 thought that getting Clay, Chase Claypool last year would help. Um, I thought he did some some pretty good things in in Pittsburgh, but I thought that the transition to Chicago, he would have more of an impact. He didn't really have an impact last year. So, you know, you got him, you got DJ Moore, you got two receivers that I think can be really good football players. You got an impact player over the middle of the field with Cole Komet, who didn't start out 
uh, great last year, but came on. Um, didn't start off to start the season off great, but came on late. Yeah. And so I'm I'm excited about you know what this offense does. And then they they went out and drafted a first round offensive lineman. And so you're looking at a team offensively that is trying to figure some things out. What do you think about them as a as a whole? And what about their defense? I think that your instincts were right there. <laughs> This time around, Gary, when you when you heard the seven and a half number, I think it's too high. It, it feels really high. I think that's too high. It, I, it does. I let me first acknowledge what everybody is what what a lot of people are excited about. Justin Fields' maturation a year ago, he with his rushing ability, he gave them he gave them a chance to win. Yes. What I haven't seen yet, and I know he's young. Maybe it'll maybe he'll get there. Jalen Hurts certainly did. After after he helped get the Eagles to a playoff playoff appearance two years ago. Everything clicked for him last season. They got the right system for him, got him another big wide receiver, which was huge. But the difference between Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields right now, one, Jalen Hurts made leaps and bounds improvements in in his accuracy and mm-hmm. his 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 passing ability. We haven't seen that yet on Justin Fields. I realize that there's some highlights that you can put together and say, well, he he can do it. Look look at the arm strength. What about this this play, this accuracy? Can you do it consistently? That's yeah. the difference. Yes. And the other thing with the Eagles compared to the Bears is, and, I, and I'm not going out on a limb by saying this, they, had, they have a much better roster, period. Yes. And had a much better roster a year ago. The offensive line was better in Philly by a wide margin. The Eagles pass rush was excellent, and then they added to that pass rush throughout the course of the year with guys like Ndamukong Sue and uh, Linval Joseph. The Eagles have much better roster. They have much better sur- surrounding talent. It wasn't just adding a wide receiver that certainly was you know talented in A.J. Brown, but we're, we're talking about a, a much a more complete roster for Jalen Hurts. You don't see that in Chicago. There's a reason why they had the number one overall pick. This is true. The defense isn't there. I don't see a pat. I like what they did adding two interior defensive linemen in, in the second and third round. I mm-hmm. thought they did great there. They really added to this defense. And they took right in the first round. They hope that he's going to be their right tackle of the future. But that, that offensive line is still suspect. Justin Hurt, or just excuse me, Justin Hurts. I combine this with Justin Fields. <laughs> from a rushing standpoint, I think is going to is going to win some games again. But Kerry, if he can't throw and if he can't stay healthy, this team's this team's going to be in trouble. Maybe a year from now, I like what they're building. Yeah, but as of right now, I, I can't. I don't see eight wins on this schedule. That also, when you when you consider they got. Kansas City, I think Green Bay, who we'll get to, is going to be a little bit better than people think. You know, they got the Chargers. They got to go to New Orleans, uh, Detroit. Everybody seems to to absolutely love. I think Cleveland's going to be better this year, it, even if they split with Green Bay. Again, I don't see how they got they they have eight wins. So I was looking at this 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 schedule of theirs. Obviously, the first I mean the first two games, Packers and, and Bucks, you can beat the Bucks, and depending on what what. Uh, what Love does, how he looks in 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 Green Bay, you could potentially beat the Green Bay Packers. So you could start the season off two and zero at worst one and one. Yeah, you're gonna lose to the Chiefs because they're the Chiefs. I don't know what Denver is gonna do. I know last year I would say yeah, that's a W because Denver stunk offensively. Their defense was amazing, but they stunk offensively. Washington, you can win that game. Vikings, probably not. Raiders, I don't think is going to be a good team this year. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. You know, you got Jimmy G, who is often hurt. The, the, the schedule sets up 
When you said seven and a half, again, I got a little nervous. I got a little hesitant. I was a little gun shy. I was ready. I was scared. I was all in. And then you said seven and a half. I was like, whoa, 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 big fella. I can tell when you go, you go, I think. But but again, I already said I think that Justin Fields is going to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league, both rushing and passing. Oh. I think I, I do. You I think, think passing. He's going to be. He's going to be a top I quarterback passing you, because he because of his ability. He is one of the most athletic players we have right now. Obviously, the running game showed last year that he's capable of doing it. But he showed his entire collegiate career that he could pass the football. So I don't think that just goes away. You have to find a way to. Uh, allow him to have the most success that he can have, you start by getting a receiver. You get a number one receiver, a guy that can catch the football, and now things open up a little bit. You run the ball. They got uh, Deontay Foreman from Carolina, who Mm -hmm. who last year ran the ball really well when Christian McCaffrey left. Um, This offense, I think, is going to be more open. You're going to see more more windows, more guys – finding ways to catch and run. And so I I think he's going to have a much better season than what he had last year. And I think the Bears did a fantastic job in their draft. In your draft, if you can get your your first four picks are are depth, quality positions, offensive line, defensive line, cornerback, you're really building your organization and building your roster to be good in the future, as you said. But also, I think they're going to be really good this year. And and they're in a division where – Right, let's be honest. The, the the Vikings are probably the Vikings or the Lions are probably the favorite to win that division right now. We've never in in, uh, in my lifetime I can say never seen it from the Lions, mm-hmm. not on a consistent basis. And the Vikings, every other week we're wondering if Kirk Cousins is gonna remember what color jersey he's wearing because <laughs> you know he he we we we're so down on Kirk Cousins. He's made a ton of money for for a good reason, yeah. but you just don't know if he's gonna be the one. So. I think that's a division that you could, it could really be a coin flip to see if the Bears could be on the rise and could potentially do some do some great things in that in that division. All right, so the Gridiron guys are off to a good start. You're already disagreeing <laughs> on on a team. Let's let's move to the let's do the Packers next. So I, I mentioned last week that the pros and I'm not a pro, not not one bit, not even close, not in the same hemisphere of guys that do this for a living when they look at numbers but that's the key nah, don't sell yourself short well, you're, you're, you're pretty professional at this. Well, maybe in my <laughs> own head some days um but carrie I, i'd mentioned this on last week's podcast the the pros that do this for a living and i'm talking about handicappers mm-hmm. they they look at the number they don't necessarily look at the team the number comes first it's not like they say the number only because of course the two go hand in hand so you can't you can't overlook you know, it's a, ah, it's a pretty good number, but the team sucks. Right. right? They they do look at both, but they start off with the number. It, it, with good teams, you know, a lot of times they won't they won't necessarily bet a good team because you're you get an overinflated price. You know, right. at some point there's kind of that line of demarcation where you say no, it's just not worth it. But when I look at this Packers line, it's seven and a half. It's the same as the Bears. Yeah. They get a better they get a better roster than the Bears. The oh, question. I agree with that. The question is Jordan Love. There you go. It's all. It boils down to the quarterback. I'm going to trust the organization. Okay. I'm going to trust the organization that often surprises in transition years. Now they haven't had a lot of tra- transition because they they've had that st- stability at quarterback. Can Jordan Love? Jordan Love is not Aaron Rodgers. Can Jordan Love play as well as Aaron Rodgers? A year ago, when Rodgers, you know, he struggled in the first half, got seemed to got get better chemistry with his his receivers mm. along the way. 
can he can he at least match that? I think he can because I don't think Rodgers played that well last year. I think if Jordan Love is competent, this roster is good enough to win eight games and get me over the hump at seven and a half. I think the Bears line is 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 inflated, and I think the Packers oddsmakers are selling them a little short. I'm going to take the coaching, the the roster. I'm going to lean on that and look at the big picture as opposed to just how Jordan Love is going to fare. I'm going to take the over seven and a half. Well, I think that's a tough one for me. And that's tough because, like I said, you you don't you're not sure if Jordan Love can can be is going to be that next great Packers quarterback in the long line of quarterbacks that they've had, and specifically the last couple that played 10, 12, 15 years with the organization. Is he that next one to take that next step? Last year we talked a lot about Aaron Rodgers and why he was so terrible to start the season. Let's not forget he had two rookie receivers that were not comfortable that were not catching balls you know effectively enough for him to have success in Christian Watson and, and Romeo Dobbs you really you you really thought that as the season went on they started to gain more experience that's a tough position to be in for those two guys knowing that the, that you got Aaron Rodgers throwing you the football and the expectation of what he's had over his career with Devontae Adams and how he expected his receivers to run routes and how he expected them to be open so when you talk about Aaron Rodgers struggling, I think you, it, I would put more of it on the 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 youth at that position. Now we look at Jordan Love; is he able to? Because he's essentially as much as this is his third year. Uh, at, is it his fourth year? 20, 21, 22, 23, Fourth year. So you're going into your fourth season and have not played significant snaps. Uh, to the tune of multiple games like you're gonna you've had some significant snaps here and there but week in and week out knowing you're the starting quarterback knowing that the team is you, you win lose or draw it's on you and so I I'm interested and intrigued to see how well he performs because we just haven't seen it and so we don't know which is why I think that number is seven and a half I would go under because I know uh Justin look I mean Justin um Jordan Love. Jordan, or Jordan, Jordan Love. Justin Fields. I did the same thing Yeah, you did. we were combining Justin, <laughs> Justin Fields. Justin Fields. I know what he showed me last year uh, getting getting into his comfort, comfort, comfortable zone, you know, mm-hmm. his comfort zone. I just don't know what to expect from Jordan Love yet. Yep. And so I, I would have to say under until he shows otherwise. Yeah, it's, it's a leap of faith for, for me. And you, I think, are, are thinking along the same lines as a lot of people in that, okay, I'm, I'm going to go with more certainty – in, uh, for these other teams that I am just going to kind of take that roll of the dice, that leap of faith with, with Jordan Love, who we just haven't seen. Let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. This is the team that won the division last year. They're sitting at eight and a half wins. What are your thoughts on Minnesota? They, they didn't make a ton of changes. In fact, they, they might see more changes upcoming depending on what they're going to do with Dalvin Cook. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, where they're, I believe there's – I'm a big believer in where there's smoke, there's fire. And there seems to be a lot of – talk that maybe they they move on from Dalvin Cook. Now maybe they don't do it this this year since we're already, you know, toward the end of May, but it just seems like they they might move on from one of their key key players, but eight and a half, that's an interesting number. Yeah, I think because of what they did last year, I think they're over. You know, you look at at Justin Jefferson and and him being the lead leader in receiving yards, the outstanding season that he had, the clutch plays that he had. It's almost like 
it doesn't matter who's throwing to him because he's going to find a way to get open. Kirk Cousins may not be the picture-perfect quarterback. If you had a line, a beauty contest of quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins might not be in the top ten. He might not be, you know, one of those beautiful quarterbacks that you look at and say, yeah, he's he's the picture-perfect guy I want throwing the ball. But he gets the job done, and he's done it, and he's shown it uh, throughout his entire career. You go out and draft Jordan, Jordan Addison in the first round, former Pitt, former USC player who, who – had an outstanding um, collegiate career to to help take over the role of what Adam Thielen is 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 you lost with him leaving uh, this roster. So I'm I'm excited about the the um, the Minnesota Vikings because I think that they're going to be the team that's going to probably win that division. They've done an outstanding job, and if you get rid of Dalvin Cook, I don't know why you would do that. Last year was I think his most healthy season of his of his career he didn't he wasn't banged up he didn't miss much time and so you're allowing you run that football which allows you to be able to get those receivers open as I said you adding Jordan Addison is only going to help that roster for me I think this this team takes takes a step back this year I love the offense I think I think the offense is really good like you said you broke down the the receiver spot you throw in KJ Osborne uh, Dalvin Cook if they do do hang on to him he's somebody that can impact the passing game as much as the running game they get a good they you know they brought back Alexander Madison so I, I think Madison so I think that the offensively they're set the offensive line is is decent but TJ Hawkinson a full year at him so I think they're going to score a lot of points Outside of hiring Brian Flores, who is an outstanding yeah. defensive coach, I, they they upgraded big time from what they had last year in right. Ed Donatel. I was right. shocked Ed Donatel was still in the league, let alone a yes. coordinator. <laughs> I mean, holy smokes! But Brian Flores can only do so much. He's got he's got to have the talent there. They stunk defensively a year ago, and then decided to add a wide receiver in the first round. No, <laughs> no offense to Jordan Addison, but it's like. Okay, you know, maybe they didn't love a defensive defensive player there. Maybe maybe they didn't love uh you know, somebody that was going to help the secondary and outside of Harrison Smith, I I think the secondary could be thrown on once again this year. But Minnesota did nothing to in my opinion, did nothing to improve themselves defensively from a year ago. Now they're going to play a first place schedule. And if you look back last season, how many first how many one score games did they wind up playing? They they beat One, Detroit. Two, three, yeah, go ahead. 4 Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven? They played in eleven. I think they were eleven and zero in one yeah. one score games, right, Kerry? Yeah. yeah. Dude, the bounce the ball but the ball has a way of bouncing yes. the other way. It does. A, a year later. So I'm gonna take the under with the Vikings. Like I said, I didn't love the off season. I think they're they're gonna score a ton of points, but I think that Brian Flores has a lot of as as good as he is as a coach, I think I think he's got he doesn't have much clay to work with when it comes to the, the defensive players. So I'm gonna take the under eight and a half on that. Yeah, I, I can understand why you would do that. I just I think that based on what they did last season and the the, the offensive uh prowess that they had, it's gonna be hard to and then you look at in their division, who who scares you in their division? You figure that's at least Four to four, four potentially six wins if you run the run the division the way that they have uh, been that the way that they could do in this season. So that's at least five, four to six wins that you can get there. You only got to get four more uh, or five more to get over that number. So <laughs> only five more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Kerry. Last one in the NFC North, the okay. Detroit, the Detroit Lions. Everybody's. Darling. Know, f- favorite, yeah. Every, yeah. It was the, the darling now after what they did last year. Really great story. I lived in Detroit for a while. 
covered Detroit sports, you're not going to find a more passionate fan base. Um, Let me say this. You're not going to find a more passionate fan base with a history of of the team losing like you do in Detroit. I I, I do mean that as a compliment. This is is a fan base that is starved for winning. They love football. They love their Lions. And last year, coming from hard knocks, the hype that was surrounding the team, the bad start, and then the great finish, including an absolutely remarkable job in Week 18 when they go into Green Bay, find out a mere hour or so before before kickoff that they were eliminated. Yep. And still went out and beat the Green Bay Packers with, again, nothing on the line, line but pride. Dan Campbell's got this team going in the right direction. But that's not the question. The question is, will they get over 9.5 when it comes to their wins? They're going to win 10 games this year. What do you think? Ooh, that feels like a lot. And now you, you also didn't mention the suspension uh, to one of their star receivers from last year, Jamison Williams, who missed a lot of time coming off the ACL injury. But when he's playing, obviously he is a take-the-top-off-the-coverage type of receiver. He's going to miss those six games to start the season off. And they made some odd choices. We talked about this for for draft day. We thought that maybe – and maybe they felt comfortable with what they have on the offensive line, defensive line. I thought that they would go corner, but the corner that they probably wanted was selected by the Seahawks in in Witherspoon. Um, But the the decision to go get a running back, when at the time you had two – very good running backs on your roster. You signed David Montgomery in the offseason. You had DeAndre Swift still on the roster. Um, they eventually traded him. But you go out and get Jameer Gibbs, who, according to some people, may be the next Alvin Kamara, may be that player that can pass game, run game, do it all type of running back. And if that's the case, you really just add it to a team that already has a lot of weaponry and a lot of guys that can catch the ball, get the ball in their hands and make plays. So offensively, I think they're going to be be okay. Defensively, Aiden Hutchinson had a hell of a season last year as a rookie. And so you figure defensively what they did. Kirby Joseph was a third-round pick. They went out and got Emmanuel Mosley on the, from, from San Francisco, who before he got hurt last year was playing at a high level. And so you hope that he can come back and, and be the, the same player that he was before his injury. I'm excited about this team, so I'm going to go over. I, I am going to go over for them because between the Vikings and 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 them, those are the two things two teams that I think could win the division and should win the division. Despite all of the other things that have gone on this offseason, I still think that they're going to win the division. And I didn't even talk about Amon Ross St. Brown, who just catches footballs, makes plays, and does everything the right way. So I'm I'm excited about this team, and I think they're going to be really really good this year. Kerry, this this team reminds me a lot of the team we just talked about with Minnesota. I really like the offense. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I, I think that you had you had broken down all the players. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown, I, I don't know how underrated he is because everybody knows how good he is, yes. but he's he's still not a household name. When we talk about Justin Jefferson, everybody's like, okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but with uh, Amon Ross St. Brown working out of the slot, he's, he's the best slot receiver in the game right now. I actually like their offensive line. I like it a lot. I do, too. I think they did a great job building that offensive line. They took Taylor Decker in the first round in 16. They took Frank Frank Ragnow, the center, in, in 18 in the first round. Penny Sewell was their big big pickup mm-hmm. in 21. Sa- they added Sam Laporta, the, the tight end, local local kid uh, out of Iowa in the second round. You, you had broken down Jameer Gibbs. And Jared Goff, they found the right offense for him a year ago. The system is, is great for him. So here's, the, here's my question for you. Because going into the season, there was talks that, oh, if they don't perform well, they're going to draft a quarterback. How comfortable are you with Jared Goff leading this team? 
based on what he did a year ago, I think he's in the right system. Yeah. Now, there's varying degrees of how how much you how much do you like a quarterback? Right. Kirk Cousins, I think, is is an excellent regular season quarterback. I have no faith in him winning more than one playoff game where he catches a lot of breaks like the Vikings did in New Orleans, you know, four years, five years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I, I like Kirk Cousins from the a regular season standpoint. I know he's not gonna win anything big. Jared Goff, with the help, with a lot of help from Sean McVay and and Cooper Cup and Todd Gurley and all them from, you know, the, the Super Bowl year, got got them to the Super Bowl. Do I think that Jared Goff can lead uh, a Lions team to a top 10 finish in in a, a lot of the key offensive categories? Absolutely. Do I think he's going to win multiple playoff games if the Lions win the division and get it? No, I don't. I, I, I think so. I think we the narrative on Jared Goff is, is you know, unfair. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. Obviously, the Pro Bowl is yep. – you can look at that however you want to now. But he also did lead a team to the Super Bowl. And I think that that gets lost because they lost the Super Bowl. But that gets lost in the shuffle of this guy has done pretty much everything you would want him to do up until this point in his career. Mm-hmm. It, it gets lost in all of the, the nuances of he's not an elite quarterback. But he is just – He's found a way to win, and and even though the narrative going into last season was, well, if he doesn't perform well, we're gonna just they'll probably be looking for a quarterback. He goes out and he performs well, and so I think he's gonna be really good this year. Now, is he a five thousand yard passer, six fifty five hundred yard passer? I don't know, but I think with what they have on offense and the line that they have in front of them. This could be a really good team, and I don't think it would be a shocker for people if they go out and have a great season. I think he could throw for 5,000 yards. I think he's got the old line. I think mm-hmm. he's got the receivers. I think he's got a, a, a back now in Gibbs that can be dangerous out of the out of the backfield from a passing standpoint. I think he can throw for 5,000. He also may have to. This defense isn't good. Yeah. This is, this is why. See, I'm, I like the defense more than you do. Do you? Yes. Do you like the Lions defense more than the Vikings? Yes. I, yes, because I feel like the Vikings defense has just gotten older. Sure, they 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 haven't. It's Harrison Smith is probably their best player on defense, right? Right. He's going in, into his twelfth year, eleventh yeah. or twelfth year, and so when you look at a defense that you say your best player ha- has been in the league ten plus years, that that should be, give you a little bit of pause for for a little caution. Sure. Right. So the best player for the Lions defense. Aiden Hutchinson. Yep, he's second going into his second year. Right. So I I think just based on that, the youth and the 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 additions that the uh, Vikings have had this offseason, I'm more excited about their defense than I am the Vikings. I I like the Lions defense better than the Vikings too, but mm-hmm. it, it it's not a oh absolutely. I I saw a unit last year, and, may, and maybe first round first round selection Jack Campbell will solve a lot of this a lot of these issues. He's somebody that you know from a middle linebacker standpoint is. You know he's a he's he's a run stuffer, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the a lot of the people you and I included, Kerry, we we're we were wondering why that was the one of the selections in the first yeah. round. But it doesn't take away from the fact that Jack Jack Campbell had an outstanding collegiate career at Iowa, and he's he's a very good uh, back. You know he's really good back against the run. But when I look at this defense as a whole, and remember the game last year against Carolina when they got shredded, I think they gave up like 300 and something yards uh, on the ground. You think of some of the some of the other games where teams couldn't grab a hold of the game because that Lions offense was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they gave up they surrendered 37 points to Carolina. 
look inside the division. They did excellent against you know the Bears when the uh, you know Chicago defensively not good, but Green Bay, Green Bay at the end, perfect. They actually handled Green Bay very good. But when I look at some of these these other these other games. You know, the games that they lost early on, 38 points to Philly, 28 points to Minnesota, 48 to Seattle, 29 on the road. They got shut up in New England, 24 to Dallas, 31 to Miami, 28 to Buffalo. Like, these are good teams, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think that this is this is a team that suddenly has fixed fixed its issues defensively. I think they're a good team, but I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the under 9.5. So I think they top out at 9. I just ran through their schedule, and I'm looking at – 10 and 7, 11 and 6. Okay. That that's what I believe. I mean, Kansas City first week is going to be, you know, that <laughs> that is what it is. Raising a KC. banner at yeah. Arrowhead. But here's the thing, when you raise a banner, sometimes it's a rough game for you. So, that could be a that could be a toss up, but I I would give that to KC. At home versus Seattle, I'm going to say they, that's a win. At home versus Atlanta, win. On the road versus Green Bay, win. Home versus Carolina, win. Against Tampa, at Tampa, lo- uh win. So your 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 next loss could be against Baltimore at Baltimore. That's probably a loss. So now you're at two losses, one, two, three, four, five, five and two versus Vegas, six and two. And so if you win six of your first eight games, you're you're well on your way to 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 having a very good season. And I think that this team, based on the additions they had, and then at that point. You get Jameson Williams back in that after that sixth game, and now you got a guy that's taking the top off the coverage, like mm-hmm. I talked about earlier. This roster offensively is is dynamic, and defensively, if you can rush the quarterback because you're you're ahead by by enough points, I think it's going to be a really good season for them. Uh, last thing on Detroit, and then we'll move on, we'll move on to your former division, the the, 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 the best division. North. Yeah, I football think... is played by men, Anthony. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, yeah. you're, you're lying. Cincinnati, obviously. Here's here's the teams that I think Detroit will struggle against. I think they're going to struggle against the teams that can run the ball. Because what... Uh, Who is that going to be, though? On this, I mean, Carolina ran the ball last year, but are they going to run it this year? Do you trust Atlanta to run the football yeah. with a rookie running back? That's all they're going to have. It's going to be nine have. people in the box. The, I mean, that's what they faced a year. Single that's what they faced the, a year single ago. Single up the receivers. I think Atlanta There's no zero. I I also think that Arthur Smith does a, does a great job designing runs. I, okay. I think it, I think they're going to throw. I think they're going to throw for. I think they're they're going to average about 150 yards through the air. I mean, it's going to be a disaster from a yeah. passing game standpoint. Yeah. But I do think that they. I do I do believe they can run the ball. I'm not saying win. These are wins for the opponent opponents okay. for, against the Lions. What I'm saying is, I think these are the teams that they could struggle against. I think Atlanta's going to give them issues because, again, they run the ball. Seattle of Seattle, I mean, Pete Carroll Pete Carroll does commit to the run. I, we'll, we'll see what they do in week two. And I think those two teams played, and they had a shootout in Detroit a year ago, and, and Seattle came came away, but it was like this massive back-and-forth affair. Carolina yes. proved they can run the ball a year ago. <laughs> Baltimore, we know that they can run. I wouldn't overlook Vegas from a running standpoint. That was a team that with Josh Jacobs a year ago could mm-hmm. run the ball. Los Angeles isn't going to run because they believe in analytics and they have to throw the ball every down. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chicago, we know they can run because they, they're going to they're basically have the six-back offense there with, with Justin Fields. Should they play Chicago twice? New Orleans, I think they they, they can run the football, uh, and then you get to you know Minnesota, not really Dallas. We'll see, but I think that I think there's enough teams on Detroit's schedule that run the ball effectively that could give the Lions issues, and when they get frustrated because the other team is playing keep away and that dynamic offense is on the other side, 
what what's going to happen late in games? You know, what's going to yeah. happen in close games? I could be completely off. I every love every, I'm I know I'm on an island here with the Lions. Yeah, I realize that. To your point, that's probably why they drafted a linebacker, a middle linebacker in the first round. They they want to, they they need to shore <laughs> they up the saw run defense. Exactly sure. what you saw. So we'll, inability to stop the run. Okay, get a run stopper right in the middle and see if they can run it now. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, speaking of running the ball. The AFC North. Where Let's, men play where football. Where men play football. <laughs> That's Kerry Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter. You're listening to the Gridiron Guys podcast. Kerry, a Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We will get to his Steelers in a second, but let's start off with the team that finished last in the division last year. That actually think is going to be improved this year, Kerry. It's the Cleveland Browns. I don't know how improved they're going to be to get to 10 wins, though. Nine and a half. This number is way inflated. That's that's absurd. Nine and and a half. First of all, you got to take into consideration the history of of an organization. And I'm talking about one Cleveland Browns. Some people call it the mistake by the lake. I generally just call them (laughs) the Cleveland Browns, but some people call them that. I wouldn't go that far to disparage Cleveland fans. Maybe I would. I should, but it's okay. factory of sadness. It's not great. And so you take into consideration that they have never been great. Now, you go out and spend $240 million guaranteed on a quarterback. He comes in, doesn't have a great season last year, but now he probably shakes some of the rust off. And you got Amari Cooper out there. He's going to be able to pass the ball to him. Nick Chubb, if this team, Anthony Stalter, (laughs) Anthony Stalter, if this team would just decide, just wake up one morning, if Kevin Stefanski looked in the mirror and said, today, I'm going to run the football. I'm going to run it 25 times, and I'm going to let Nick Chubb run the ball 25 times a game. If they ever decided to do that, they would win 10-plus games easily. But you know what they're not going to do? Just what you said. Run the football 25 times. Use their best they player. They wouldn't do it when Baker Mayfield was the quarterback and he was the best player in Nick Chubb. And they won't do it now because Deshaun Watson is actually better than Baker Mayfield. They're going to throw the football. But you know what I just said? The mistake by the lake. You know what it feels like in Cleveland in November, December, January? It is freaking cold, <laughs> wet, rainy. And what should you do in those games? Run the ball. To who? Nick Chubb with who? And they're not going to. So just for that, I'm not even going to get into any analysis about uh, uh, any of the defense or any of the other players. It doesn't matter because the head coach is not going to run the football and they're going to lose games because of it. Yeah, great. No, yeah, I completely agree, Kerry. You and I are, uh, are, are on the same page here. I love Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is an absolute stud. And I agree that they got they got away from the running game way too much and a year ago. And one of the ago. best offensive lines in the league. Yeah, it's, it's excellent. And they're, they have they have a lot of sporadic talent defensively. I, I Miles Garrett speaks for himself, but they just added Zadarius Smith, mm-hmm. the defensive end from Minnesota, in a trade with them. Minnesota getting weaker defensively. They don't care. Uh, they just throw <laughs> the ball 400 times, try to win 52 to 50 every game. Um, but you know, De- Denzel Ward, Grant Delpit. I, there's there's some there's some key pieces on all three levels of this defense, I think they could be solid. Yeah. But when you're looking at a nine and a half win total, the only play for a team that will benefit from playing a last place schedule, I think that you have to factor that in. It's just this is this is a this is a, a probably a game too high. If it was eight and a half, yeah, I might. Yeah, I, I I might tip the balance to seven and tonight. a half. I would definitely seven and a half is a, is an over. over nine and a half. That's no thanks. Ten wins. No. 
And and here I'm looking at their schedule right now. Three of their first four games are against division rivals. You got the Bengals game one, Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh, and then game four you got the Ravens at home. That's that, to start your season off against. I mean, it can go one or two ways. Obviously, it can be really beneficial to be up 3-0 yeah. in your division, or you could really be down 0-3 against those teams to start your season off in the division and be one and one and three to start a season off. That's that's a tough task to ask from that team, Agreed. especially when Kevin Stefanski won't run the football, man. <laughs> the AFC North is built on running the ball and defense. That's all you got to do. Know where you are. Know who you are. Seriously. Know who's on you. Man, just give that man the ball, please. He's amazing. Yeah, you don't even I have to look for him. You, you have him. You know where he is. Yep. Give him the damn ball. <laughs> what are you doing? I couldn't agree more. <sighs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. They'll lose. Uh, no, no pushback there. <laughs> let's, uh, Kara. Let's go to your team now. Let's go to the. Let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's so do it. this, this is a team that had did, really had a quiet off season. Second round selection, Joey Porter Jr. got mm-hmm. got some you know some praise because your former teammate yep. Joey Porter, his yep. son, his son gets drafted in the second round. I like that selection. This is a team that plays a lot of press, not a lot of man. Mm-hmm. They they want to you know have their cornerbacks get up on on wide receivers, press them at the line, be physical, not run, not necessarily run with them. Porter out of Penn State fits that perfectly. I like the addition of Keanu Neal, the strong safety. He's basically another linebacker. Yeah. So their defense, led of course by T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward, they're going to be they're going to be fine. They're going to be excellent again. Mike T. I, I don't have to tell you, you know, is is one of if not the best head coaches in the league at, at getting the most out of his talent. I don't love Kenny Pickett, but look, he he. He did we, some big time things a year ago in the fourth quarter of some games. We will agree to disagree there, brother. Yeah, so because you don't I, love him either. No, no, no. We will agree to disagree. Oh, I, you I, love Kenny Pickett. Yes, I think Kenny Two Gloves is going to be oh, spectacular. Re- spectacular. I, do. I, I think there's a. I mean, you are Holy going your rookie crap. year. Obviously, you're going to have some some troubles, some struggles. It's not going to be perfect. I think they got that offensive line. They upgraded. They drafted a first round uh, rookie in Broderick Jones. Um, out of Georgia. Yeah. Defensively, Anthony, this is one of my – I mean, and this is not just because I play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love their defense. Minka Fitzpatrick was basically a steal in the trade that they got from Miami. Give him – sure, you don't want him, we love him. He is spectacular. Alex Highsmith came along, mm-hmm. and now you got both him and uh, Watt rushing off of the edge. It's, it's pressure. And then you get the pressure up the middle, as you said, with Cam Hayward. Defensively, they're going to be stellar. Offensively, the only concern that I have for this offense is one offensive coordinator in Matt Canada. Yeah. The offensive play selection, for me, I, I, I'm i not a fan of it. I think, first of all, you need to be under center. You need to let Najee Harris run downhill mm-hmm. and be, you know, instead of being in shotgun, running lateral. Yeah. Let, let, let's start there. Let's get this fella that is six foot – 200 and whatever pounds, let's get him going downhill as opposed to running laterally offensively. Next, let's stop with the shallow crossing routes every single snap. Let's let's get I mean That's Deontay Johnson, I love him. That's I think he's spectacular. But it offense. is mesh till mesh <sighs> till mesh till you can't run mesh anymore and running the outside go on the outside. You got so much talent on this team. Friar Muth at tight end, spectacular over the middle. George Pickens on the outside. You got Deontay Johnson. You got so much talent. 
both offensively and defensively. What's their total? What, what was their? Uh, so I didn't. Yeah, I didn't mention it. Uh, eight and a half. I'm gonna go over. I am too. I'm gonna go over because if Kenny Pickett can can make that jump, that leap from a first year quarterback to a second year, getting all of the offense, getting everything for the entire offseason, and getting prepared in the way that I know Pittsburgh can prepare people. I think he's going to have an outstanding year as well. And the offensive players, and we didn't even mention Allen Robinson, who they uh, picked up in free agency. I know he's – some people may feel like he's over the hill or maybe he's past his prime, but hey. you get another guy hey. out there. He's hey. just a meh guy for you yeah. at this point. Yeah. George Pickens is not a meh guy. He's a guy that's no, going to go catch stunt. the football, and Deontay Johnson is as well. So I, I am really excited about this, and they're young. They got a young core offensively. Defensively, they're they're salty veterans, guys that are going to hit the quarterback and, and stuff the run. Offensively, they they are young, and I think they're going to be really really good. Carry, I, I think the key is running the ball, running the damn ball. Can't I mean, just, do, <laughs> run, you got to run the ball. What division did I say yeah. they were in? <laughs> what, what what is the mantra for that division? Run uh, the ball yeah, run and the ball. play defense. Everybody knows this. Yes, it's it's <laughs> it's the AFC North. There's no domes. It's frigid. It's outside. It's outside. It's wet it's and fo- rainy it's in Cleveland, weather. Pittsburgh, yeah. Cincinnati, Baltimore. It's all the same freaking weather. If, if you're not physical, <laughs> you're going to die a quick death in that division. No, I yes. completely agree. Yes. I don't love Kenny Pickett. If if they oh, if they that had a, my heart, ah, he's it's he's fine. I don't I don't think that he is going to mature as a passer to to get to get them to the promised land. But I, I do like his. His ability to freelance, he's got a little backyard football in him. He can run the ball a little bit. That that is, you know, teams teams that want to play a lot of man against Pittsburgh could could have some issues because of Ken, Kenny Pickett's running ability. I'm with you. I, I really like Pat Fryermuth, their tight end, mm-hmm. George Pickens. That's I like lo- Pickett, Pickens. Yeah, George Pickens is yeah. an absolute competitor. Yes. I mean, how many times a year ago was he frustrated? Not from a standpoint of just give me the ball, I can do anything. I just. just a competitive frustration out of George Pickens. And Mike T, your former coach, he's like I said before, he's going to get the most of his talent. They're going to win nine games. They are going to win nine games. I, 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 get, I give you an over-under. Kenny Pickett had seven. Pickens, yeah. Kenny Pickett. Pick, Pickens. Kenny oh, I'm Pickett. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, my bad. Yeah. George my bad. Pickens. Kenny George Pickett, Pickett, George Kenny Pickens, yeah. my yes. bad. So Kenny Pickett had seven passing touchdowns last year. Okay. Over under, you said he had seven touchdown passes a year ago. Yeah, he threw seven touchdowns. Okay. Over under twenty two and a half for touchdowns. Yeah, passing touchdowns. I'll take the under. I'm going to take the over. I wanted to go twenty five. I just felt like that was too high. Twenty three feels about right to you. Yeah. So twenty two and a half. Would you like to place a wager? Yeah, good, sir. What do we? We got the. We, what's Atlanta? We got to write this down. See, this is the problem. They, they, well, we yes, we do. We got to write it down because the Falcon. <laughs> we had the Falcons win total. We disagreed with last oh, week. Way under, buddy. What and we agreed on seven and a half or eight. Yes, and a half. I think seven it was and seven. A half. I think it was seven. I don't remember. We might have to go back. I think and you said you said <laughs> you said seven. I said I think it's seven and a half. I'll, I'll Our take, fans yeah. get to listen listen to us process through this as we uh <laughs> this, is, this is really listen, this is this is the beautiful thing. Like we are literally just having a conversation yes. and, and we're, we're, we're on we're, paper with <laughs> notes. I mean everything's off the top. Yeah. We're just going through this thing off the top of our heads and, and you all get to be a part of it. You get yeah. to listen to us kind of 
manage this thing as we go through it. We don't. We know. We know what we're going to talk about from yeah. a structure standpoint. But Carrie and I really appreciate. It. We just love the conversation. Oh, so always. All right. So twenty-two and a half touchdowns, touchdowns. for touchdowns. Kenny, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. I just disagree. I, I just corrected you on a name that uh, you, cor- you you had right. I think I was calling him George Pickett before. That's why I said Pickens. Yeah, okay, George yeah, Pickens, Kenny Pickett. That's a lot. All right, All right. I'm going to take the under for Kenny Pickett's touchdown passes. <laughs> I'm going to take the over for the Steelers, eight and a half, just like Kerry is. All right, let's move on to Baltimore. Baltimore had an interesting offseason, and now, of course, you, you have Lamar back. Ten and a half wins, though. Are they get Are they getting too much love because Lamar is back, or do you like the number and you're taking the over? I it, it pains me to say this because as a former Pittsburgh Steeler, obviously our our main rival is one Baltimore Ravens, right? I love I love that they were able to get um, Lamar back in the fold. They got him his contract. He 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 finally signed and got that thing taken care of. You go out and you you sign OBJ in the offseason. You draft Zay Flowers in the draft. Offensively, I am I am I love what they have. And if J.K. Dobbins can be healthy for an entire season, a, a healthy J.K. Dobbins alongside uh, Lamar Jackson in that backfield, I think is going to be must see TV because of the weapons that they've added. We didn't. Mark Andrews is a top two, three tight end in the league. They are they are poised offensively to be really, really good, and it pains me and it scares me at the same time because you may be looking at Lamar Jackson having one of those MVP candidate type of years again. Mm -hmm. So I think I I would say over for them because I think what they did in the offseason, offensively, defensively, I I mean, you you can't can't not love their defense. They always are physical, get after the quarterback, tackle you to the ground hard defense. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be really good. Outside of the Kenny Pickett touchdown total, you and I are in lockstep in this division. I, I don't love the number at ten and a half, but I'd, I'm going to take the over too. When the the best acquisition that they made, the best addition that they made, because Lamar, Lamar, of course, bringing him back was yeah. key. But the best addition that they made was hiring Todd Munkin as their offensive coordinator and finally moving on from Greg Roman. Yes. You and I have spent a little bit of time talking about the Ravens' offense in previous years. Lamar overcame a very bad system, a very bad design. I mean, when you're when you're watching receivers mirror each other on both sides, I, I mean, it, it's it was it was disgustingly amateur uh. from a passing game standpoint. And Lamar, again, Lamar overcame a lot of that just based on pure athleticism. But I I like Lamar as a passer. I actually always have. Yes. And I've talked about this on various mediums. I think that when you watch him mature at Louisville, Kerry, he was somebody that went from mostly being somebody that would run first to Mm -hmm. his final year at Louisville. He matured big time as a passer. Right. He was looking to stay in the pocket. Right. I, I watch him play now. He's looking to stay in the pocket and make a play. When he get when he's gotten hurt, he's been hurt inside yep. the pocket, not running. When he runs, I think he protects himself better. Much better. I love I love Lamar. I've I've been a big defender of him. I realize at some point he's he's got to get to that next yeah. level too. Because when you're talking about comparing him to some of the other big-time quarterbacks, even to Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has gotten to a Super Bowl and and back-to-back AFC title games with Cincinnati. Lamar, MVP, 
some success. You know, I think he's got one playoff win, mm-hmm. but he's fallen short in a lot of regards when it comes to postseason. Nevertheless, I I really like him. You broke down the offense and the, the defense. We we could go line by line here. We don't need to. Uh, by the way, Ro- Roquan Smith adding him at the trade deadline yeah. last year, huge. Yes. So I'm going to take the over ten and a half for wins and carry. I look at the schedule. I mean, holy smokes! Let, let's 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 do the non-division schedule. Okay. Houston at Win. home, Indy at home, Win. Tennessee at home, Win. Detroit at home, Win. Seattle at home, Win. Uh, I missed Arizona at Arizona, Win. We'll skip over the the defense at L.A. The Chargers win home against the Rams, who I think are going to be dreadful. Win at Jacksonville. Win at San Francisco. Uh, we'll I don't see. know who's playing quarterback. Brock Brock Purdy probably. Yeah, that, that well, <laughs> that might be a loss. That's at a home, long way. At home against Miami, and who win. knows? I'm not, I'm not being flipping here. Who knows about Tua? Well, at this point? I mean, this team was beating the hell out of Miami last year. And the Tua came back and and kind of got the, got them going in the right direction. I, if I'm what not game, mistaken, if that what was game the, was that? That was I think it was Miami that they had that game against last year that they were up and then Miami came back and oh, won yeah, that, that was game. Week two. Yeah, yeah two, Miami yes, came back and right. won that game. So yes, they Lamar had a hell of a game that day. Oh, he was unbelievable. But the defense couldn't take care of their business. So that uh, again, I think that's going to be a win versus Miami because they'll figure out how to finish it this year. And it's this team. I, I, Greg Roman is probably a very fine person. Like he's probably a great guy. <laughs> and and so <laughs> I say I this it. with all due respect. The offense that I watched over the last few years from the Baltimore Ravens, at any point offensively, when you have multiple players in the same area on the field, Either you're coaching it or you're allowing it. And at that point, I had to assume that it was being coached that way. It was terrible. It you There is no way in hell as a quarterback, I don't care if it's Peyton Manning, I don't care if it's Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, pick one. If you got receivers in the same area being covered by one guy, he's not going to have success. And so if that was the play, the scheme of his playbook – it just wasn't great. Running the football, stellar. I thought he did a great job of making sure Lamar and those running backs, when they were healthy, could get space in the run game and find ways to get you know, get downhill. Passing game, it wasn't great. So you get a new OC in. We'll see what this offense looks like. And if he's if he has any smarts, which I'm, I'm sure he does, Todd Munkin, I, I'm sure he has the ability and will have the ability to implement some of the run game left over from Greg Roman yeah. because they did such an outstanding job uh, with that over the past few years. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. Don't get carried wrong. This isn't Andy Reid taking over, but Todd Monken is going yeah. to be a dramatic upgrade yes. from a system standpoint. I mean, a system install standpoint yes. uh, as well as a play caller. By the way, Lamar had a 79-yard run at the end of the third quarter to make it 35-14 to in that game against Miami that you're talking about. Yeah. And I, rem- I remember this, but this sequence is unbelievable. Miami went touchdown, touchdown, touchdown on their next three possessions. <laughs> the Ravens kicked a 51-yard field goal to go up by three with 218, and a Jalen Waddle seven-yard touchdown pass from Tua made it 42-38 with 42 seconds remaining. I mean, just a remarkable comeback. That kind of – that was the Tua – Hey, 
I'm, he's, I'm a little different now. He's really good at this moment. Cincinnati's the last team we're going to talk about. The Bengals, of course, won the last – The last uh, they won the division the last two – no, last year they won the division. The year prior, I believe, there was a wild, they were a wild-card team when they went to the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. they played on the road a lot in that. Yeah, because their first game was in Tennessee. It was on the t- – you're right. They were at Tennessee. 11 and a half. This is a team that's that that is finally starting to see some transition. Now the offense is still in place. You got Joe Burrow again and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, all those guys. The the offensive line should be just fine. Joe Mixon is back at running back, despite there being some discussion. Maybe they move on from him. The only guy they really lost was Samaj P. Ryan, which I do think matters from a and he wasn't necessarily a power back, but he's more of a power back than Joe Mixon. I do think the and again, I'm not saying much. Let me tell you something. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. I don't think Cincinnati, from like a power standpoint, I think he's got issues. Hey. Joe, Joe Mixon's not a, a pile mover. You know who they drafted? Chase Brown. Oh, where is he from? Illinois. Hey, ILL. He's a fantastic <laughs> option. Pile mover. To pick up. If you're gonna lose some IGP Ryan, What's this the size young man does everything. He's and five so, nine five. He's two fifteen. He's a tank. He's a young man that can do it all. So I was so thrilled to see that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals picked him up. Obviously, I'm an Illini, former Illini, always will be an Illini. So seeing that draft pick made me made my heart smile. But offensively, they they got weapons for days. Yeah, they, they have. You know, you got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. You got. As you said, uh, Joe Mixon in the backfield. They are a team offensively can, and they upgraded on the offensive line with Orlando Brown. Mm-hmm. You you go out and get a left tackle. You move Jonah Williams over to right tackle, which is going to help solidify that line. That was one of the issues that they had last season, especially in the postseason. The offensive line was tore up. They were hurt. They could not keep Joe Burrow clean. And so you go out and add that, that addition of, of Orlando Brown Jr., it's just going to make that offensive line that much better. So I'm I'm excited about them offensively and defensively. You know, uh, we'll see if if because you lose they lost both a safeties. Lot of ten, yeah, you lost both safeties from last year, and and that to me is a a, a huge loss when you can't keep those guys in house. I agree. So, Von, uh, was it Bell and Bates? Yeah, yep. Von Bell, Von Bell and Jesse and uh, Jesse, Jesse Bates. Bates. You lose both of them. So the defense, the back end of the secondary is going to look a little bit different. So we'll see if if they're able to um, still have that success that they had last year on the on the defensive side. I don't think they get to twelve wins. That's a that's a high number. That is a high number. I think they get to ten or eleven wins. So, state. Let me state this. I believe the Bengals are a very good team, playoff team. I'm not going to bet against Joe Burrow. The number's too high, though. Again, I think they're a 10 or 11 win team. Similar schedule to Baltimore. Yeah. But some of their some of their road games are a little bit little bit tougher. And then of course you mix in a first place schedule. Right. So there's a little bit of a difference there. And I think that difference there playing teams like Buffalo yeah. and Kansas City which is on the road by the way mm-hmm. in December, not that Cincinnati isn't a tough team right. and they can't go in Arrowhead. They've done it. They've done it before, don't get me wrong. Yep. But when it comes to Playing a first-place schedule, I think that's going to be the difference between winning 12 games and 10 or 11. Yeah. So I'm going to take the under 11.5 for Cincinnati. 12 does feel like a lot, um, but I don't know how you bet against Joe Burrow and what you've seen from him and this offense. They started out slow a little bit last year and and really got going, got it rolling. It, 
I'm on the fence <laughs> because 11 and 12, I'm going to go over because I just know that they're going to find a way to to get those wins. Obviously, like you said, they got to go. Um, they got to play at San Francisco. That's going to be a tough game. They got to go to. They, they're going to play at home against the Bills. That's a tough game. They got to go to Kansas City, which you said that's a tough game. But all in all, I think that this team is going to find a way. They got the AFC South. They should win all three yeah. of those games. That, that's, <laughs> and then they got the Rams on their schedule. They, they're going to find wins that you know the NFC the NFC West is going to be. They're going to win three of those for it for sure. So. Yeah. They're fine. They'll find a way to get to their their twelve wins, and I don't think it'll be uh, as difficult as we think it will be. All right, that'll do it for Kerry Davis, some Anthony Stalter, Gridiron guys. Uh, next week, maybe we'll look at the the West division in both in both conferences. Of course, you got the AFC West with the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, and then when you go to the NFC West, boy, there's gonna there's that that could be the worst division, quite possibly. I'm, I'm talking about top to bottom because I love the 49ers. I, the I think Seahawks the 49ers should, the and, Seahawks and you there. know what? Yeah, let me let me pay a little bit more respect to the Seahawks. But yeah. Arizona's got one of the worst rosters in football, and I think the Rams are about to fall apart. If they didn't a year ago, yeah. I think this the bottom is really going to fall out on the Rams. <laughs> who they got that bill? They got that bill coming for uh, their their Super Bowl Ren run. They due. won it, but yeah. rent is due is right. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for us. We appreciate you tuning you uh, you listening. I think we'll record probably uh, a little bit later on in the week next week because we've got uh, we've got the holiday coming up. So at some point, we'll we'll Carrie and I will get together. We'll knock out another Gridiron Guys podcast. But for Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis, I'm Anthony Stalter. We'll see you next time on Gridiron Guys. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Guys podcast with Super Bowl champion Carrie Davis and Anthony Stalter. Driven by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Check out the Gridiron Guys podcast page at 101ESPN.com.